podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast with me, Will Pugh and James Jones. And this season, the We Are West End podcast is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. So if you are buying or selling a property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole, make sure you keep West End business in the West End family by giving Miriam a call. Or a shout, it's Miriam Errington Conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under. So back for another week, it's the Claret and Blue View with Will Pugh. Uh, all of you are absolutely loving it this season. We had Reese Bayliss on last week, but I am delighted to say that joining us this week is a friend of mine and an absolute superstar, all-round good bloke, huge West Ham fan. It's actor sensation Dave Shaw. Most of you will know him as Jay's dad from The Inbetweeners. He was Glyn Taffy, of course, in The Office. Credits from Casualty, Silent Witness, Ashes to Ashes, Doc Martin, even one of my all-time favourite shows. It's David Shaw. Dave, it's so great to have you on a podcast with us. Thanks so much for joining us how you getting on we'll ask oh. you of course about west ham but, but how are yeah. you i'm good mate i'm good uh, thanks for having me on i can see you've been reading my wikipedia page because some of those uh <laughs> exactly. some of those credits are very old <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i've done a lot of more recent stuff than that um, exactly but, yeah but yeah no it's great to be here and uh i know you from um our away game in seville don't i that's yeah, totally absolutely. I mean, what a West Ham journey it's, it's been since then. Yeah, it was yeah. severe away, wasn't it? What yeah. what a game that was! I think That's you uh, you bumped into uh, to one of my colleagues, Mike, and and we ended up yeah. having a, a right old evening of it afterwards, <laughs> didn't we? And, and stayed in touch ever since. But only what did, a night only, that was! Not only did we have a right old evening, you, you and Mike literally physically wouldn't let me out the bar that we were in. <laughs> 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 I was, yeah, I was I like physically it. prevented from leaving, so I got I got back to my hotel room about four a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to plead not guilty, but I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I think my dad, to be quite honest, was a little bit stunned. Nearly sixty years old, my dad is. I think he was a little bit. Uh, surprised to find himself in a severe nightclub at uh, at three thirty in the morning. <laughs> I don't think he's had as many late nights since. But but let's 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 get straight into that, Dave. What what a night that was. I mean, oh, amazing. you know, amazing. even though we drew, the the European yeah. adventures have been phenomenal, haven't they? Yeah, I thought we lost that game. Didn't we lose that one nil over there? Was it? Oh yeah, yeah it was a defeat. I, I we should we have lost, drawn, but, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, but we played Antini. really well. I yeah. think I think En Naziri scored, didn't he? The guy That's we've it. been after ever since, basically. Uh, but then yeah. we we turned them over two 0 at our place. Cool. I think it was Yarmolenko scored the winner. That's wasn't it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So um, I mean that whole that whole uh, Europa League was fantastic for me because I managed to get to Seville, managed to get to Lyon for the three 0 yep. win, and then Frankfurt. 
yeah, I was there. I was at the away game in Frankfurt, which was a, a whole deal in itself. <laughs> yeah. Getting, in, getting into that crowd was like something I'll never forget. It was know. crazy, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. obviously, I, 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 it's, it, but it was such a such a surreal experience for everyone, wasn't it? And, and like I say, we we obviously met in met in Seville, and that that general sense of of camaraderie among West Ham fans, and how much everyone was enjoying it. The fact that we were playing well as well, but you know, there was all you had some comments before about our West Ham fans in Europe. It's going to be a bit dodgy, but. It was just one big party atmosphere, wasn't it? That's how we were brought together. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I didn't it see... just carried it, on. In fact, if there was any trouble, it was coming from the opposition, not from West Ham fans. Because I remember um, Eintracht Frankfurt were playing Raul Betis at, in, um, in uh, Spain at the same time we were playing Seville. Actually, in Seville, they were, they were, they were as well. And they attacked a load of West Ham yeah. fans. Yeah. Oh, you went to the Raul Betis game? Of course you did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they they attacked all our fans in a bar afterwards, and as far as I could tell, we were very well behaved, and I never saw a scrap of trouble in any of those games from West Ham supporters. No, you know, well, look, Dave. I mean, we we sort of we linked up in in Leon and Frankfurt as well, like you mentioned yeah. there, and and what memories they are. You know, there's some photos still on my phone. I was flicking through them. Um, you know, in the build up to having a chat with you again, it's just everyone's just smiling from ear to ear, just yeah. like having enjoying the journey so much what what are your main memories sort of looking back to all that that european journey and then last season as well of course well my main memories really are seville because i i i went out there a week before the game because i'd heard what an amazing yeah. city it is i know i used to i used to take yeah, little holidays <laughs> so i went out i went out there and was like you know hanging out in seville in that park there you know with all yeah. the orange trees which was amazing. I mean, I can't, what was it called? Santa Maria Park or something. Yeah. Um, but, and then a mate of mine texted me and he said, where you are sitting now is exactly where I proposed to my missus. <laughs> <laughs> so suddenly all these people came out of the woodwork telling me how amazing Seville was and how much they loved yeah. it. And they'd all been there. And then, of course, the 3-0 win in Leon really stays in my mind because I think that's the best yeah. we played. In that's Europe. the best West Ham game of my life, I think. Yeah, and of course, Pakatar was playing for Leon, which made yeah. it even more incredible that we turned them over like that. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, and and the, the, another thing I really remember is the away fans, you know, sorry, the uh, the home fans at their grounds made so much noise. I was yeah. impressed by all the support actually. The Leon fans, even though they got a bit narky at the end of the game, yes. I thought I thought the level of support was extraordinary. And the noise they made, and then in Frankfurt, that big wall of colour, and you know those. The I, think and all that. I think they'd rehearsed all the fireworks, hadn't they? Yeah. And it was, yeah. you know, because I, you know, I only ever, I very rarely go to away games, to be honest. So I just see the West Ham home fans, and we've got a great atmosphere. But to go away and uh, and see that level of support was quite mind blowing, actually. So. Yeah. Those are my, you know, and the 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 semi in Frankfurt, Cresswell getting sent off, and it was a bit of an anti-climax, to be honest. Mm. With you. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a shame it all came to yeah. an end like that. To be quite honest, I, I think my bank balance was pretty pleased that we went out in the end. Although I'd have absolutely loved to have got to the final, there was yeah. a bit of me thinking, I don't know, I'm I'm obviously going to have to go to the final if we get there. I don't know how I'm yeah. going to afford it because I'm cleaning myself out here. 
<laughs> I know, I know. I can't. Where was the final that year? I can't even remember. The that was back at Seville, wasn't it? They played. Oh, it was in Seville. That's right. The same yeah. stadium. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. what people did was they booked the hotel before the game, the Frankfurt game. So you have to book in advance and take a gamble, don't you? But I'm yeah. the same. I, I, I didn't do that. I had plans yeah. that if we made it, I was going to get there via, you know, Cadiz or something like that. You know, yeah, go, yeah, yeah. come in from the south and avoid all yeah. the all the traffic. But um, yeah, and I never made it to Prague last year because I was working. I was making burns yeah. and So I, had, I did watch it at the ground though with my brother and a couple of mates. So yeah. that was fun. That was great. Yeah. Fun. Incredible. I remember. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember actually. It's funny you say that about Seville. Like, obviously, me and me and Dad went out. There. I think we did five days. We thought, I've never been to Seville before. It's supposed to be a nice city, and that trust me, that took some. Mum took some persuading for when Dad said he was going, and we're going for a game on the Thursday night, and we're leaving on Monday and coming back on Saturday, whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, so we're thinking, oh yeah, we're sort of not taking a mick, but yeah, we're living it up a bit. We've got away with one here. That's what my Dad was thinking. Bump into you, you're there for about six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was there for just under a week and I thought, you know, it's such a beautiful place. I was so yeah. delighted when I realised that we'd drawn Seville because I thought it's one of those cities I'd always like to go to. And I hear it's really hot in the summer. So when we yeah. went, what was it, April, I think? It yeah, was, yeah, it was I think it was, of, yeah. It was kind of like perfect temperature, really. It wasn't too hot. Yeah. Um, well, look, Dave, hmm. you, uh, you, I've sort of, you've, you've called me out within four seconds of being on, um, of, of having a quick look at your Wikipedia. I did. I, of course, <laughs> um, known, known you for, uh, yes, your face is very, very recognizable, as is your voice. You've done some work with West Ham more recently as well. You've got a couple of movies coming out, which we'll have a chat about a little bit later on but what just just give people a you know a sort of rough synopsis as best you can um of sort of your your life and, and your career we'll get into it in a little bit more detail later on i want to talk to you about your west ham journey first but just so people have got an idea you, you've had a very different life to to the vast majority of us i've had the pleasure of, of sitting down for long periods of time over a few beers over several beers in fact and uh yeah. you know having a, having a chat and listen to all your stories but give people a sort of rough idea if, if they perhaps don't know and they've been living under a rock who you are <laughs> well so i'm as you said you know beginning the program i'm best known for being a comedy actor really um you know in the in-betweeners and the office but that happened by accident you know what i mean i never set out to be a comedian i just went to drama school trained as an actor and then, you know, tried to get work. And uh, and I originally grew up in Stevenage, um, which is where we settled. But my family travelled all around the world because my dad was in the American Air Force. So, yeah. um, you know, I was born in the States, which people are kind of mind blown about because I, I seem <laughs> like the most unlikely American or half American. You know, I was actually born in Albuquerque, home of Breaking Bad. Yeah, so, yeah. So when that series was first on, I was really intrigued to watch it because it featured Albuquerque. And I was thinking, I've got to get there at some point. I've never been back to Albuquerque. Yeah. Um, but I was born there. And then my dad kept moving because he was in the American Air Force. So we had, we, he kept getting stationed all over America. And then in 1969, we got stationed in Biloxi, Mississippi. And we went through what is still the second most powerful hurricane in American history. And it wow. wiped out the town of Biloxi, Mississippi. 
it's second only to Katrina and its velocity, you know. Really? Uh, yeah, over 100 mile an hour winds. We were actually living in the trailer park at the time, and um, the Air Force ordered my dad to go and take us to these shelters, these hurricane shelters. They were these like big cube buildings. And they never knew. We were like guinea pigs. They never knew whether these hurricane shelters were going to be strong enough. So luckily, <laughs> they were. Although I do remember at one point the roof was leaking. And uh, there, was bit, there was a bit of drama going on there. And then yeah. next, next day, we went back to the trailer park where we were living. And every single trailer, apart from two, got turned over. And ours was one of the two that didn't get turned over. Jesus. And, uh, I mean, it was incredible. And you walk around Biloxi afterwards, and it, there was, like, destruction. You know, it was a brand-new amusement park that had been destroyed. There was a dead cow on the beach that had been swept from farmland right to the beach. Really? So, yeah, so I kind of remember that. Harry. Yeah, and then my mum's family were all from Essex, so that's how come I came to be a West Ham supporter. Because whereabouts? Uh, in South Ockenden. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah just outside Brentwood. Yeah. I mean, ironically, the guy I sit next to, Dean, who I think you might have met in Frankfurt, he actually yeah. lives. He lives in South Ockenden. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Which is a weird coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we we kind of flitted all over the you know all around the place, and then we finally settled in Stevenage, in Hertfordshire, where I was surrounded by Tottenham and Arsenal fans, which was mm. a bloody nightmare. And uh, and I grew up you know grew up a punk rocker, got into punk, and all these uh, skinheads were all Tottenham fans. Yeah. And uh, so if I'd have gone to West Ham at that time, I would have I wouldn't have made it back alive. <laughs> so I was forced to go to Tottenham and keep my gob shut about West Ham. I know it's a it's a real bad um, admission that, and I would yeah. I would never really admit that in public. But my my granddad was a Tottenham fan, so uh, I went there when they were in the second division and Glenn Odder was mm. playing for him. So at least I saw some halfway decent football with Glenn Odder playing. Yeah, and then yeah, as yeah. soon as, um, but I got taken to West Ham by my uncle. Um, my first ever game was uh, a one-all draw at home to Leicester. I remember Graham Padden scored. <laughs> yeah. What year was this? This was 1973, I think. Blimey. Yeah. 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 With yeah. Leicester City, yeah. Yeah, Leicester City, one-all draw. So it was Yeah, quite... I'll be honest, Dave. If uh, if someone had said to me, you know, having had the pleasure, as I've said, of, of meeting you uh, a few times now, if someone had said to me about having heard your story, this bloke is either from Stevenage or New Mexico, which one do you think it is? I may have opted for Stevenage, if I'm honest. Yeah. I know, I know. I, you know, I mean, I'm half American, really. You know, and I, I have been to LA and stayed with relatives over there to try and get some acting work. Um, so, you know, but I'm so English now, it would, it's ridiculous to even try and claim I'm <laughs> half American. You know, I never support America in anything, not the Ryder Cup, not the no. World Cup, nothing. I always want England no. to be, <laughs> so I've but, never, I've never, I've never had much partisanship towards the US, to be honest. No, quite very much an, an Englishman. But, um, so look, Dave, you, you mentioned it um there about your your mum's family being from Essex so what what was that like then how did your 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 West Ham journey if you like how did that come about was it uh like I always call it uh, with my West Ham supporting is a hereditary condition passed on it is is an hereditary condition I had no choice in it all my uncles but weirdly apart from my granddad but all my relatives 
you know, were all West Ham supporters. Me and my two brothers became ardent fans. And I remember my cousin, Paul, Paul Carter, his name is, we used to play football with him. And, you know, I'd, I'd always be Bobby Moore. And, uh, you know, he'd always be Jeff Hurst and, uh, you know, take penalties and things like that. I just, yeah. re- I, you know, from as, as early an age as I can remember, I just remember supporting West Ham, you know. Yeah. I think I even watched us um, play Stoke in the League Cup final in the 70s. Yeah. I, re- I remember that. No, sorry, semi-final, wasn't it? We lost and Stoke then played Chelsea in the final. So yeah. whatever year that was, but I remember us getting to the semi-final, and then of course uh, Jeff Hurst got transferred to Stoke, and yeah. I remember I remember feeling absolutely gutted about that because they'd knocked us out of the League Cup, you know. But yeah. I, I was too young to remember the '60s um, trophies, so my earliest memory of us winning the trophy was against Fulham. Yeah, um, yeah, seventy-five. Yeah, so you're sixty now, Dave. Is that right? Yeah, just turned sixty. Yeah. See, yeah. some of the things on your Wikipedia are accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only good thing about turning sixty is getting that Oyster card. So you get yeah. free, you get free London travel now. That's exactly that's literally yeah. the only good thing about in sixty. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so what, what did what did support in West Ham? look like for you in in your sort of early years then I, I guess it didn't involve going to to many matches no, if you were so about man, all over the place yeah my dad being american he never wanted to take us so you know no. i i will admit that i you know i watched us from afar um yeah. actually do you know what i think i've got the date that date wrong i think it was 76 was my earliest game not 73 right i think that yeah, yeah i've just been running it through my i think it's actually 1976 that game so my uncle took me there, and that was the first time I ever went to watch West Ham, you know, and I was getting on a bit then as well. I was, you know, yeah, yeah, probably, well, you 16 or whatever then, yeah. Yeah, well, maybe 14, I think, because right, it was yeah. 14, 15. It was just before oh, right, we went. So, yeah. And we emigrated to America. And then yeah. um, and then when we came back from America, I um, went to a different school in Stevenage. And then I eventually um, found my way to drama school and as soon as I set foot in London, I started going regularly to West Ham. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, you know, I, w- I went, I went a lot more regularly um, than I than I, you know, thought I was going to be able to. So, I was a season to get order for a couple of seasons at Upton Park as well. But, yeah, well, um, I've I've got I've got our uh, I've got our games against uh, Leicester City up here, Dave. Uh, we've yeah. got. Did you say it was one all? You reckon we we had a. Yeah. I think it was. I'm sure Graham Hamlin scored. Yeah, we had a one-all in uh, 1973, which was Brian Robson and Frank Worthington scored. Uh, We had another one-all at home to Leicester in January 1976 when Alan Taylor and Bob Lee scored. Ah, that was it. It was that. It must have been Alan Taylor who scored because I think. Do you know what it is? I think Graham Padden was injured. Right, he was injured. So that gen, yeah, that January game, I think yeah. was my first ever ever trip to West Ham. You yeah, Mervyn Day, John McDowell, Kevin Locke, Tommy Taylor, yeah. Frank Lampard Senior, okay. Trevor Brookin, Alan Kirby, Pat Holland, Clyde Best, Billy Jennings, Alan Taylor was our starting eleven. That's the two. Because you know why Graham Padden's in my head? Because my uncle knew some of the stewards, and they came oh, around right. and and they went Padden's injured. So oh, that's right. That's why I've just remembered now. That's why it's good. Yeah, so that that was my first ever game. 
just stuck in your head. So when did you, yeah. was that when you started, you know, did you, obviously you're a regular match goer now, you got a season yeah. ticket, go to all the home games, get to the away ones when you can. As we've mentioned, is that around the time that you started becoming a, an, a regular sort of match goer or did that come a bit later? Well, that came later because my cousin uh, or my uncle took me, Uncle John his name was, and he took me there and then uh, then we emigrated to America. Uh, my dad and his yeah we we went back to america and lasted lasted over there for about nine months um and then came back to england so i you know because i lived in stevenage i wasn't able to get to west ham really um and during some of that time i did take in some Tottenham games i i'm i'm embarrassed to say yeah stop saying it Dave. yeah yeah i know i'm gonna shut up now (laughs) (laughs) and then i started going I started going more regularly a few years later when I moved down to London. That's when, yeah, that's yeah. when I really started supporting physically West Ham. You know? Yeah. So you'd have been there sort of the 80s, 85, 86, yeah. and then all yeah. that sort from, of stuff. Starting from 1985, I, I went fairly regularly. I mean, I was yeah, at yeah. drama school, but I still managed to go quite a lot. Yeah. You know, saw, um, yeah, saw, I mean, we got hammered quite a few times by the, you know, the great Man United team and, the great Liverpool team at that time as well. I, yeah. I remember a game where we lost five two at home to Liverpool. I think Ian Rush banged in a couple. I think John Aldrich scored. Um, you know that 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 all conquering Liverpool team basically. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, but I I had a season to get in the uh, Bobby Moore upper tier, and then I was on the North Bank uh, for quite a lot of it as well. And then I was started yeah. around the ground in various parts throughout the years what what, what's it been like then historically for you balancing supporting west ham with with actors work because it's very far from you know nine to five stuff has it has it been easy or does it make it easier or more difficult um sort of yeah balancing your work and west ham well it is difficult because um i'm i keep getting asked to work at weekends and yeah you know sorry guys i'd like to but we're at home to sheffield united this week yeah, my agent knows that she's got to work my <laughs> uh, my any any contract. She's got to try and work it around West Ham dates, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I sometimes do uh, teaching at a drama school as well. And the first thing they do is check West Ham's home games because <laughs> I know, you know. Now we have got Europe as well, so yeah. that's because sometimes they ask me to work Thursday evenings, and I'm like, check check the fixtures before I agree to anything. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. So I'm probably more ardent now than I ever have been, which is yeah, kind of ironic, really, isn't it? Mm. But I sort of feel like I'm making up for for lost time in the uh, in the early seventies when yeah, I should yeah, have been yeah. going. But at least now I'm going. We're successful, you know. But yeah. I'm not a glory hunter. I did support us all through <laughs> the rough times as well. But, yeah, um, it does seem it seems me- mental, doesn't it, that people. Like if people start supporting West Ham around this era, there's a potential yeah. they'll be labelled glory yeah, hunters. I know. I know. <laughs> the first West Ham supporters since like the the sixties, basically, who could be called that. I know, I know. It's hilarious, isn't it? The fact that we're doing so well, and still people go, "Oh, I want Moyes out," and it's like, hang on a minute, we've got the most successful team since you know the sixties, basically. 
Tell me yeah. about it, Dave. Look, I mean, you're you're basically doing the links for me, which is oh, is sensational. We'll move on. No, no, I'm, I'm more than happy, Dave. But uh, right. we'll move on to that now. Now I've had a bit of you know with the the Claret Blue View is a new segment we're doing this season. It's been taken to really well so far. Listeners are loving it. I'm loving doing it. And the one sort of question that it almost annoys me that I have to ask it, or I feel mm. I have to ask it, is on David Moyes. And I, I'm sort of sitting there and I'm asking people. We had Reese Bayliss on last week, the front man for WHU Legends 11 Prince. And, you know, I, I'm talking to him and he's, he's sort of explaining to me why he, he would have got rid of Moyes at the end of last season. And it, it just baffles me to even ask it to people because I'm so staunchly Moyes in. I did waver on that uh, last January, it was. After we lost to Wolves, I thought, OK, a change needs to be made now. But last season was so sensational. We started this season really well. And it annoys me that I even have to ask. But I am asking it through just, I don't know, consistency reasons. And I hope there's a time sooner rather than later where fans don't want to hear the debate anymore, that it's not even a debate. Yeah. Because I think if we carry on like we have started this season, those people who wanted Moyes out, hard last year will look a little bit silly but talk me through your opinions on David Moyes I know you like an argument on on social media with a few people about it so uh yeah put, put across your point with as much fervor right. as well, you do online well I do nothing but argue in favor of David Moyes and I have to say I have not wavered since he's been in charge the second time in fact I don't think he should have got fired the first time when Pellegrini came in but mm. um but anyway, I've been a massive supporter of his because he's a pragmatic manager. And okay, it's not the West Ham way. You know, we're not we're not knocking the ball around and you know getting stuff five nil. But at least we've been playing attacking football. He started with a defence, so we're doing we're doing that low block. We're doing the counter attacking style. And um, and my only criticism is that we haven't got a proper striker. You know. Yeah. Antonio is a converted striker. We've, God bless him. My God, he's been great this season, actually, except against Liverpool, where yeah. he missed an absolute was a stick stinker, that header. I mean, yeah. my God. But that Especially aside, after we've been giving it big ones in there oh, on social that. media on his podcast before, ah, oh, we're going to do yeah. Liverpool. We'll finish above them. I fancy myself up there, honestly. Mate, <laughs> if you're going to say that on a podcast, you've got to score. You've got to score. <laughs> You know, yeah. and um, Alisson made a great save from Suchek as well. We should have been 2 0 up before that penalty, yeah. you know. But anyway, apart from that, and we've got rid of Haller and Skamaka now, who I thought were both promising strikers. So that is my only reservation about Moisey that he, you know, he doesn't seem to be able to get the best out of these strikers. You know, yeah. and Haller went back to Germany and started banging them in, didn't he? So, yeah, yeah, um, smashed out Denny Ajax and then Borussia Dortmund, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, it was Ajax first, wasn't it? Yeah, but um, so that that's my only reservation. But look at the team we've got now. You know, I mean, I know Pakatar would have left if he hadn't been uh, embroiled in that betting scandal. But him alongside Kudus and Bowen's on fire, and mm. he's you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't sure if I was allowed to say it on your podcast. <laughs> but, yeah, we uh, try and we try and go PG. Sometimes we do roam into twelve A. So <laughs> okay, all right, I'll I'll keep it clean then. Well, um, but I mean, we've got just the the you know Alvarez has been such a great 
replacement for Rice, who I noticed got substituted yesterday. I did have a rice smile where he's sitting we all grinned, didn't we? <laughs> shaking yeah. his head as Jorginho gets roasted for the Tottenham game. <laughs> Goal. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but we've got, you know, we've got the best team since Pyatt was here, actually. Definitely. And, um, and my, you know, all my Liverpool mates are very objective about it. They said, you played amazing football in the first half. Um, and And when you go forward, you look, you know, you look the real deal. So I think now that we've got the players, we can we can progress on from that kind of park-in-the-bus counter-attacking style and actually start attacking because we have got the players now. But I do think Moyes wants to do that. I just think he hasn't had the players. You know, there's no point attacking Man City and getting stuff 5-6-0. You know, no. you've, got to, you've, got to, you've got to be pragmatic. And, you know, we played exactly the same way in Europe and we beat Leon 3-0, you know. I think we're unbeaten in Europe, aren't we? Apart from Six, sixteen matches, is yeah, it's a yeah. phenomenal record. Yeah. So if we're beaten and people are going, oh, but a lot of those teams are rubbish. Well, Alkmaar are now top of the Dutch league. Yeah. You know, we knocked them out last season. So I think I I just think that if we get you know more and more cultured players in, then we can play that more attacking style. So mm. whenever people go, oh, it's boring to watch. It's like, well, we won our first European trophy since the 60s you know yeah and and Moyes has got us to a level that I never thought was going to be possible to be honest so that's my passion defense of David Moyes yeah and what a defense it was I I, I couldn't agree more Dave to be honest and we do you know uh, we, we air our own views on the podcast me and James but we're all you know we always invite and, and encourage other people to to put their views across on all range of topics. Me and Jones, you'll go head to head on side Ben Rama until the end of our days, I think. And <laughs> if you never if you look never Ben Rama's great. If on. only he could put a ball in the box. You know, there's yeah, no end I, product with him is my problem. Yeah, honestly, Dave, people are going to think I've got you on just to echo everything I think about West Ham, David Moyes aside Ben Rama. Um but yeah, there's exactly the same. And I think we'll see a bit less of him as the season goes on in the starting eleven, which is music to my ears. But I, I, I just find we're in we're in Europe for the third season running. Yeah. When you know the, in recent years, the last I mean, I've been supporting West Ham as a match goer since, like, as in week in week out since I was nine. Yeah. That's yeah, just over twenty years that is now. And most yeah. of it, Dave, has been dross. It's been yeah. rubbish. Yeah. The vast majority, we've had a couple of flash in the pan good seasons. Like one on Rednet was the earliest sort of memories I have vaguely. Yeah. Um, you know, Paolo Di Cani, I used to love watching him, of course. And then Pardew, yeah. we were good for a bit. We had one good season under Rhoda. Um, yeah. And then obviously the Billich one, which you've mentioned already. Other than that, it's been grim. It's been yeah. Sam Allardyce, rubbish. Avram Grant, rubbish. Yeah. Zola, rubbish. Like, <laughs> And we've been in the championship for a fair bit of that as well. Yeah. And And the style of football in the championship was so awful. I mean, it's been enough to make you depressed, isn't it? Exactly. And now we're watching our team (coughs) play in Europe for the third season running. We're playing Olympiacos in a couple of weeks. Like, how exciting is that? And it's all down to David Moyes. And I just find it so confusing and short-sighted and I just don't get it it just shows I think a bit of a lack of understanding of of our football works 
in uh, it's the same with Southgate in England as well. I, I always yeah. find these managers become victims of their own success. Yeah. And it's like, well, how much better can it possibly be? There's been so much improvement. Yeah. You know, we tried it with Pellegrini and it didn't work. He won the Premier League before. He was that, you know, sort of glamorous manager. David Moyes is, is producing and giving us a West Ham that I'm so grateful for and I haven't seen the vast majority of my life. And yeah. I just don't understand where yeah. fans come at it from, to be quite honest. I think from what I've observed, I might be wrong, but I think there's a lot of older fans who are kind of stuck in a mythical world where West Ham played this, you know, uh, um, attacking football and produced all the players through the academy and, mm. you know, everyone was West Ham through and through. That's not football anymore. No. Players leave, you know. Yeah. And I was as gutted as anybody about Declan Rice. And I I was also arguing uh, online that, you know, I didn't see why I had to, you know, stick up for him because he wanted to move to Arsenal. You know, I want to go, okay, he's not a legend then. The legends stay at the club. And okay, you have to accept that that's not going to happen. So the mm. next best thing was he leaves, doesn't do great at Arsenal. Well, actually, he's not had a bad start, to be fair. Yeah, but then we rebuild right. our team and we come back even better. So yeah. that's, that's the only area that I'm, I'll am i give him a bit of uh, a bit of slack because he's gone to one of our London rivals, mm. you know. And I don't see why I should go, oh, thank you, Declan. You did so great for us. Yeah, I'll always remember that cup win. But to be a legend, you've got to stay at West Ham. I'm sorry. You have to. The We Are West Ham podcast is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. So if you are buying or selling a property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole, make sure you keep West Ham business in the West Ham family by giving Miriam a call or a shout. It's Miriam Errington Conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under. I, I, I sort of agree. I mean, I, I still think Carlos Tevez is a legend. He played for us for about six months. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I do think the Arsenal one was just a weird move. Yeah. I, I buy, I think it's the only one he could make. I think if Man City have got Rodri, Rodri's the only player who's better in that position than Declan Rice is in the world, pretty much. And yeah. um, I think if Chelsea weren't such a basket case, he would have gone there. So, but and then outside of that, Man United are just you see the disaster there, and they just splashed a load of money on Casemiro. I think he'll talk about Arsenal and the project and all this, but I think the reality is it was the only option he had. He knew he had to leave West Ham, it was the right time to go, and we look better without him, yeah, don't we? Yeah, as we Sue checks back to his old self again, Alvarez yeah. has come in, who's great, and it's a David Moyes team again rather than, yeah, like more pulling the strings rather than Declan Rice. But um, what, and a what word, you... uh, by the way, sorry to interrupt you, a word about James Ward-Prowse as well. Because yeah, yeah. he's, he's been unbelievable. Yeah. You know, his, his corners are just like, they're on the money every single time. They are, you know? aren't they? And he's got it in his locker to score from free kicks as well. So I yeah. think he's been a fantastic signing for us. You, you'll be delighted to hear, Dave, that I, you know, took the uh, somewhat unwise move uh, as it's proved to be 
of declaring with a fair amount of gusto and confidence that the James Ward-Prowse is a bad signing. He's not going to fit into that team. You know, he's a bit of a one-trick pony with the set pieces. He'll get overrun in open play. He's not a like-for-like Declan Rice replacement, bad decision. I've never had as much egg on my face in my hands. <laughs> I didn't know you. that was your view on him. Oh, it was, but he, he's been... A, a sensation, isn't he? Like oh, oh, amazing, not just yeah. set pieces, which are incredible. But don't you think from open play as well? He's just yeah. I think he's you know watching him play in, especially against Chelsea. He was he was really good in like you know stopping them from progressing. And I mean, I thought we I thought they were a bit unlucky against us, Chelsea. Actually, if if mm. that oh Nicholas, yeah they could have won that game. Yeah, yeah. If that Nicholas Jackson could hit a barn door with a banjo, I think they would have beaten us. But um, but you know, in those games that we've won, I think he's been amazing, and Alvarez as well. You know, Alvarez has been really good at like breaking up the play, and but all of them can play as well. You know, he's not yeah. he's not just a stopper, Alvarez. He's he's a really good passer of the ball as well. And JWP has got the set pieces, and as you said, he's you know he's great from open play as well. So, and I thought our midfield looked strong against Liverpool. So mm. I think we're well set there. Yeah, a wonderful bit of positive positivity even injected into the uh, the pod, Dave. Absolutely love it. You, JWP, though, if you're starting abbreviating his name, I just, next time I see you, you'll have a tattoo, won't you? JWP yeah, yeah, yeah. Across, across chest. my chest. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to get packets up, but it'll probably leave, won't he? Exactly, exactly. Badly. Look, um, Dave, we've got a couple more questions for you before we let you go. It's been absolutely brilliant having you on. I love talking to you anyway, but um, really delighted you've uh, you've come on the podcast and, and shared your your views and thoughts on on West Ham with uh, with the listeners. Just a bit about your your career as well before I open the floor to you for the open forum uh, question, where you get to a bit like Speaker's Corner or the the, the thing they do in Trafalgar Square with the empty podium. Where you get a, you you get a couple of minutes or as long as you like to just put across uh, any West Ham point you like. It can be good or bad, uh, a take that no one's really aware of, or or something you just feel particularly passionate about. But before we get to that, um, sort of ask you a bit about your career. Now I'll, I'll start kick this off with a little bit of an anecdote. I believe it was uh, Frankfurt. Uh, me, you, and my dad went for something to eat. And uh, you're, we, we just sat there and a load of West Ham fans in and about. And, and I, I, I think you got stopped and asked for, for three or four photos. All of them, I think, recognise you as, as Jay's dad from the in-betweeners. Uh, is, that, is that sort of the, you find yourself most recognised because of, of that role? Or, and, and what's that like? What, what, obviously, you know, I just wonder what that's like sort of, day to day and to sort of deal with all that stuff well to be absolutely honest with you i'm delighted you know i mean it, to me it's it's uh, a, 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 an example of success you know and as an actor it's a bloody hard game and um you know you're famous for five minutes so the fact it's gone on for this long not just with the in-betweeners but the office but although i do get recognized more from the in-betweeners I've never had a second where I've thought, oh, I'm sick of this, because everyone is always so friendly, yeah. you know, so happy to see me. And I, I bumped into a mate of mine who's actually a Liverpool fan who's coming to watch the, uh, the I can't remember what game it was now, but I met up with him. I used to play football with him. Really good footballer, this guy. Chris Rowe, his name is. So yeah. I met up with him and he said, oh, so uh, how's things going? 
And I said, yeah, you know, I was, I was kind of moaning a bit about not having enough acting work. And then yeah. there were a couple of other of uh, old mates who we used to play with who came along and said, oh, I you know, I literally hadn't seen these guys in about 20 years. And then as we're walking to the ground, I got swamped by a load of West Ham fans going, oh, my God, it's Jay's dad from the in-betweeners. You were my childhood. You were my childhood. And I turned yeah. around. And then, you know, we had the, all the selfies and the videos and all that where yeah. I have to go, you got mm, like a McDonald's chip and all that. And I turned around at Chris and he was like, he, he was like mouth opened. He had no idea that that was the level of recognition that, that I would get from the stuff. And so mm. I just feel lucky. You know, I've been in two of the biggest comedy shows of all time, and yeah. I just feel lucky, mate. You know, I, yeah. they, they, they're never rude to me. I'm, you know, I know some actors get it in a different way, and if you're playing a horrible character, you yeah. often, you know, people have trouble, you know, uh, differentiating between fantasy and reality but all i've ever had is good comments people going you're a legend mate you're a legend you know and as you alluded to earlier i did a, a video at west ham for the tom skinner thing you know for the legends tournament and uh and everyone was slagging off that video because at the time we were fighting relegation but yeah, they were all yeah. going well, i'm glad you got jay's dad in there <laughs> <laughs> so I, I even came out of that you know looking pretty good um, yeah 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 so I, you know, it happens a lot at West Ham. Less now because I look older. You know, frankly, I'm surprised anybody recognises me because I, <laughs> I look, I look very different now to how I did. I was a lot fatter back then as well. And I, well, yeah. yeah, other than that, yeah, other than that. But I suppose it's yeah, my yeah. voice actually. But mate, it's a pleasure. You know what a pleasure to get recognition yeah. for something you do. It's never really translated into financial. Uh, well-being my career so you know when I'm down in the dumps and I'm not getting any work and I'm wondering how I'm going to pay the mortgage someone comes up and asks for a selfie and it makes my day yeah. you know yeah 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 you want to start charging a tenner mate well I do <laughs> I'm on something called Cameo oh so, are you? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can go on Cameo and you can ask for a video but obviously yeah, if yeah. I see people in the street I'm not going to go no go on, no, go on Cameo give us a yeah. tenner yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd, be, that'd be horrible to do that but no, no it, it makes my day, mate. You know, I, f I feel really privileged to be in that position. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the thing is, like I say, I experienced that firsthand with you on, on a couple of occasions now. People saying you're a legend. That's obviously your professional work. They don't know, as I do, that you actually are a legend in person as well, <laughs> uh, which which obviously helps. But, what well, um, you know, I, I, I sort of find with these things, and you must get it, you in your career done countless interviews and mm. and radio shows and, and podcasts no doubt and i i think often you you see a you know from from an interviewer them sort of trying to find a creative way of basically saying you know especially the office in the in-between as well iconic comedy programmed they try and find creative ways of saying what's it like being in the office or what was it like yeah. being in the in-betweeners so rather than do anything clever perhaps i'm just not as clever as them what is it like being in the <laughs> office did you meet ricky gervais and how does it feel now you know like you say with the in-betweeners you mentioned what it's like when people come up to you but when you look back on your on your yeah. life as you do in your career I can only imagine, but you must be full of full of pride. It must be amazing experiences to look back on. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember reading, meeting Ricky vividly for the audition, and I actually originally auditioned for Finchie, 
Um, right. And I, I think I met, went in and met um, Rachel Freck, who was the casting director on it, did a video um, for Finchie. And then I got recalled. Uh, I wasn't, I, I wasn't aware where, what the part was that I was being recalled for. But he called me in and I sat across the table and they got me to read for Taffy then. And I remember thinking, I'm a little bit disappointed because Finchie was a really good part. But yeah. I really liked Ricky and I was talking to him about his chat show. He had this chat show on at the time and his first guest yeah. was Michael Winner. Yeah. And I remember having a laugh with him because I did a film with Michael Winner called Dirty Weekend back in, I don't know, in the 80s, whenever it was. And it was my first ever film and I got shouted at for three hours. So I was, I told Ricky about this situation and I said, he's lucky I didn't chin him. I said, because if he did, if, if he was still alive and he did it to me now, I probably would. And he laughed yeah. so much. And then the next thing I knew, I got this part as Taffy and then we go in and the first scene I did was the warehouse scene where it was my dog shagging his dog, you know, the, and, and he was so brilliant. And he he was in that scene. And, uh, and what I remember about him is his listening skills. Because I yeah. thought, I don't know who this guy is. You know, as far yeah. as I know, he's a comedian. I don't know wh yeah. whether he can act. And then I watched back what we did when it came out. And I thought, that guy is really clever. Yeah, That guy is really clever. But I did have a line in it that he gave to one of the um, extras. And the line was, what she needs is a good shagging when Sterling Gallagher comes down. And I remember having a kind of mock argument with the guy. You can't give my line to him. That's my line. I want to say that. And he's going, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. it'll be brilliant. If he says it, it'll be brilliant. And I remember thinking, uh, you can't go around giving actors lines to extras, you know. So I was a bit grumpy in those days. I wasn't as, uh, you know, because in your 30s, you're really ambitious, aren't you? You just yeah. want to, you really want to make your way in your career. But I had no idea what that was going to turn into in the office. I yeah. mean, it was, and the same with the in-betweeners, you know. You don't know that they're going to become these amazing, iconic shows. you just got no idea. No, of course. You're, I'm just turning up and doing an acting gig, you know. So, so lucky, so lucky. Not to be in one, but to be in two of them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dumb, I mean, look, Ricky Gervais is... Uh, he's an absolute genius. Uh, I, you know, I, I think he can be a little bit. He can be a little bit marmite to some people. I think lots mm. of people don't get him, but I think the his body of work is uh, well. Yeah, I, I think it, it sort of it doesn't. No one can compare to that. I don't think. You know, you hear sort of and see the stand-up comedians these days who are doing some good stuff um, and are funny. But what what Ricky's done everything just has been a hit basically, isn't it? Even some of the lesser known things, I think like Derek, uh, he just keeps churning them out. Even after life, he's got, he gets such widespread plaudits for those sort of yeah. things. And the character, Could you tell? Go on. Sorry. No, go, oh, on, go on. The characters are so unusual. Isn't it? Like the postman yeah. in afterlife. Yeah. Joe by, Wilkinson. Um, yeah. Joe Wilkinson. Yeah. I used to go running with him on a uh, whole beachfront. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a really fast 5k runner. He can run yeah, 5K yeah. in 20 minutes. And I, there was I listen, me lagging. His podcast, lagging. Is, huh? his podcast is my favourite podcast. I haven't heard it. I've got to listen to it. Yeah. Um, Chatterbix is called. He does it with David Earl, who's also in... Um, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. David Earl was brilliant. He was in Afterlife. Yeah. As, um, what was that character he played? The horrible guy yeah. with a beard, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the scruffy guy, which is sort of what he always plays. Yeah. And then there was Paul Kay, is that 
as the worst therapist you could ever encounter. So what I love, I, I think Ricky's a little bit influenced by Mike Lee, the film right. director, because a lot of Mike Lee's characters are really caricatured and seem larger than life and, and you know, idiosyncratic and, and kind of unusual. And I, that's why I think he's so clever, because he harnesses that comedy of embarrassment. That's his shtick. And I don't know anyone else who can go over to Hollywood, insult everybody, and be asked to come back time after time after time and not get cancelled, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know, absolutely. Absolutely genius. It's really interesting you say that. So obviously the in-betweeners was a little bit further on in your career and you'd sort of suggest that's what you you get most recognised for now. But you've done loads of stuff beyond that. It's, it's quite intriguing. Could you tell then, like with Ricky, you said you don't know these are going to go on to become big hits. Could you tell with Ricky? Because it... I know he was about before, but it was pretty much the thing that properly launched him into making yeah. everyone sit up and take proper notice. Could you tell he had that level of sort of genius then, or is it is it just do you come across lots of people like that? No, nope. it's not that I come across lots of people like that. I actually thought Stephen Merchant, uh, Merchant, sorry, was the um, was the brains behind the operation, yeah. and I'd I'd heard. Um, whispers from other people saying yeah i think steven's really the the kind of you know the real force behind this and you know it turns out it's ricky who was so mm. i th- i think part of that is because he's so modest you know and um and i suppose you know steven seems a bit more intellectual than than ricky do- than ricky is so i think there's a lot there's a lot of kind of like unspoken prejudice going on there go you know ricky can't possibly be the brains he you know he looks too (laughs) weird he's having too much fun doing it you know but it turns out it's all him you know i mean i'm sure Stephen helped with the writing of it and was Mm. um, a major influence but uh on the work but i you can't really tell he's so unassuming you know i just thought he was some bloke who'd got lucky and managed to get this sitcom off the ground but I have to say, I'm not particularly good at judging what's going to be a hit or not. You know, half the time I turn up, I do stuff. You just you just can't really tell yeah. until it's shown. You know, maybe you can get a feel if something's um, got a good atmosphere on set. You know, you can sometimes tell if something's not going to work, you know, because there's a kind of bad atmosphere. But I have to say, with The Office and The Inbetweeners, I could not have predicted what phenomenons both of those things were going to become, you know. Mm. Have you got any, have you got any, just before we move back onto West Ham for the, for the last sort of uh, bit of the interview, have you got any particular sort of memories, stories or funnies from, from the in-betweeners or the office that, that sort of stick in your mind? Oh, I'll tell you this story. That, that day when we filmed the toilet scene where I'm peeing on Will and splashing him and all of that, it was, it's meant to be the same episode as the caravan scene. It's called the Caravan Club. That day was a freezing cold day. We were filming it somewhere near Finsbury Park. So I turn up and I'm having to basically be half naked on a freezing cold day in these toilets. And I was going hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, in between takes, warming up, going cold again. And then I got in my car. I don't normally drive myself to set, but this was literally around the corner somewhere near Arsenal. Uh, which I have to say, I live in North London as well. Not not because I'm a closet Arsenal fan, by the way. (laughs) Arsenal fan. (laughs) Just being a North Londoner in Stevenage, I sort of, you know, I've always lived in this area, but still an ardent West Ham fan. Anyway, (laughs) 
So driving back, I was driving up Holloway Road and Arsenal were playing at home. So a load of their fans were crossing the road. And, um, and I remember there was this truck right in front of me. And I momentarily dozed off at the wheel and plowed straight into the back of this truck. So my, my uh, bumper went over their tow bolt. Four big burly geezers got out of the car and I thought, I'm dead. <laughs> they looked at me and I went, you're right. I went, yeah, I just got distracted by the Arsenal supporters. <laughs> and all four of them lifted the car up off their tow bar, got back in the car and drove on. So I blamed Arsenal supporters <laughs> for falling asleep. And I mentioned it to the to people at the in-betweeners. They went, right, you are never driving yourself ever again. Because, <laughs> you know, that could have been really dangerous. Yeah, but, yeah. But I momentarily dozed off. Do you, do, you, do you still sort of do you still speak to you know Ricky or any of the in between us lads, or does it not no, really work like that? No, if I bump into people, I've seen Ricky walking around Hampstead, but it was it was so long ago now. You know, I don't know. I've always been a bit shy to go up to people, go hello, mate, and I probably should yeah. do. Really, I'm quite I'm quite good friends with Tony Way, who was the big guy in um, in Afterlife. Right. And he's a West Ham supporter as well, by the way. He, he's yeah, got yeah. seasons ago. And uh, and he said to me, oh, I'm working with Ricky. Shall I say hello to him for you? And I said, yeah, if he remembers me. So he came <laughs> back. He went, of course he remembers you. You yeah, know, yeah. you had that iconic line, you know, the the from the Christmas episode, the beans and muff line. Do you know that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just, you know, so that's, that's the line that everyone remembers where I'm smoking around the pregnant woman. You know, going, <laughs> could you let some useless tosser blow his beans up your mouth? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Like, you wonder, don't you, if, if if a lot of those shows would sort of get get through the net these days in the society we live in? Do you think do you think they'd have any legs as much these days, or do you think they get shut down before they got anywhere near the screens? Well, look, I have seen a meme from the show uh, featuring me. When I when I say to them when they leave the caravan club, am I allowed to say this on? on yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the line you mean. Yeah. So the line is try not to rape anyone on the way out. Mm. So I have seen that line, and the truth of the matter is, I remember saying that at the time and feeling distinctly uncomfortable I was, about yeah. that line because I was thinking oh, this is a bit strong, and I don't really like making gags about this. But the no, you know, and I did I did mention it to Ian and Damon, who were the writers, and said oh, I'm not sure about saying this, and they went, yeah, but it's Terry saying this, not you, it's Terry. Yeah, of course. You know, he's just trying to be funny. So that line has come back to haunt me. I've seen it, it came to me on National Women's Day that, mm. that the meme was there, and also for the Man United players, Ten Hag's last words to the Man United players, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that's a bit that's a bit near the knuckle. And I yeah. actually did an interview with The Sun fairly recently because it was the 15th anniversary of the West Ham, of, of West Ham, of the Inbetweeners. And I thought they were going to stitch me up and mention that, and he didn't. Yeah. Thank God. Right. But, yeah, yeah. But I did say to him, there are, you know, on Cameo, if they ask me to repeat that line, I won't do it. No, quite. But I think there are certain things about that show that maybe would be controversial, but I guess, I guess you've got to put all comedy in context, haven't you? Yeah, of course, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, look, Dave, it's it's been absolutely brilliant having you on the show. Just one last little one, as I as I mentioned it earlier on. We do. I I need to think of a bit of more of a catchier name for it, but it's like an open forum speakers' corner style thing where we give our claret and blue view guests the floor, and they can put across anything they like. So far, Tom Rennie from Talk Sport he launched a passionate defence of the London Stadium, saying it's nowhere near as bad. We've had people defend Moyes, say Moyes out, uh, talk about kits, anything at all, interesting takes. Whatever it is you you often think about West Ham, the floor is yours for as long as you like, and then uh, we'll say goodbye. Okay, well, I really agree with that defence of the London Stadium. As much as I love the bowling ground, I'm sorry, the London Stadium is on a different planet. Uh, And also, I know that we're further away from the pitch at the London Stadium. But, you know, we would never get 60, what is it, 62,000 fans we get every week. We wouldn't, you know, I mean, Upton Park would never have been expanded to accommodate that many people. I understand the affection for the old ground, but I agree with that. I think the London Stadium is a massive, massive improvement on where we were. Now, that's not what I want to make. I want to make my impassioned defence of David Moyes. Because all through the summer, even after we won the Conference League, West Ham fans were going, oh, it's the third-tier European trophy. I'm like, hang on, that's what Arsenal fans are mocking us about. That's what all the other bloody London clubs are having a go at us about. We won a European trophy, which is basically a replacement for the Cup Winners' Cup, isn't it? It's It's on a par for that. Since David Moyes has been our manager, we, you know, and he came in to save us from relegation. No one could have predicted that we'd be in Europe three years running, playing the kind of football that, you know, people say isn't attacking, but we are one of the best counter-attacking teams in the Premier League. We've now got Kudus coming in. We've got Pakatar still. We've got Alvarez. Even uh, Dinos, what's his real name? Mavropanos. Everyone says Dinos now. Even him coming in, he looked fantastic against the Serbian team. So, you know, cut David Moyes from slack. When we won in Alkmaar, after we nearly got beaten up by the fans, but that's another story. When when we won in Alkmaar, David Moyes was walking across from where the main group of West Ham supporters to where I was sitting in the friends and family section. And we were all singing, we've got David Moyes, you know, just what we need. You know, that song that we sang to him in Europe. And he looks yep. so chuffed, so happy. That man deserves a medal, let alone not just back backing and support. He deserves a medal for what he's done. Well, he did get a medal. We got the Conference League medal. You know, and okay, we are sitting back against a lot of teams. And that is one thing I would like to see evolve. And my, as I said earlier, my only criticism is we got to get a decent striker in. Now, it's not through want to try, and I know. We've been linked with just about every striker. And there is a dearth of top quality strikers. And if they're that good, then one of the top teams are going to pick them up and stockpile them. You know, like Man City have done with Alvarez and Haaland. They don't need Alvarez. They've got Haaland. Someone like him would be great at West Ham. So that's the only missing thing is an out-and-out quality number nine. The rest of that team is fantastic. And, you know, I know Agard has made a few rickets. I rate him. He's good going forward. He will learn. He will learn. He's still, it's still early days for him in the Prem. I think Emerson's been great. 
taken over from Cresswell. Sue Fowl, you know, he, he's had a couple of good games, but he can be a bit hit and miss, Sue Fowl. So maybe we need a better right back. But I just think everybody's got to get behind Moisey. And this Moyes ball, like it's some kind of criticism, that should actually be a positive thing. Yeah, we're playing because he stamped his way of playing on the team and it's been successful. You know, and people go, oh, we nearly got relegated last season. No, we didn't. We were six points clear and had a superior goal difference. That's not nearly getting relegated. Yeah, we were in the bottom three, I think, up until Christmas. And then after that, we were fine. So leave David Moyes alone. He's done a great job. He knows just <laughs> what we need, doesn't he, Will? He does, he does. Dave Shaw, absolutely sensational stuff. I really, really enjoyed having this chat. We really appreciate you coming on. I say Thank loads you. of you will know Dave, of course, from uh, as Jay's dad from the in-betweeners or the office or his, his really impressive back catalogue of work. I'm fortunate enough uh, to know him now as an absolutely outstanding bloke, a hardened, ardent even Hammers fan and uh, yeah, n- never a uh, <laughs> never an evening will be better spent. I don't think than uh, than a few beers in the in the bars of Seville after a, a West Ham European game. Uh, I hope to see you again soon, Dave, for some more of that. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, uh, just quickly, let everyone know what you got going on at the moment. Oh, you got a couple of films coming out soon. Let everyone know what they're up to, uh, what you're up to, what you got coming out, and where they can find you if they want to follow you on stuff. Great. So I've got a film called Bermondsey Tales, which I <coughs> excuse me, which I think is coming out very soon. Um, that is a gangster film. It actually features Tom Skinner as well, who was in that West Ham video I did. But it's got Alan Ford, Michael Head, Maisie Smith, who recently left EastEnders. It's got Gary Webster, um, Vaz Blackwood, who was in Lockstock, Frank Harper, who was in Lockstock. It's got a whole host of... Um, you know, London-based talent, actually. And it's going to be a great film. It's going to be a bit like Lockstock, I think. It's directed by Michael Head, who's also the lead actor in it. Linda Robson's in it as well. So I think that is going to do very well at the box office. Um, You can follow me on Instagram. I am the real David Shaw on Instagram. Um, So, yeah, and I'm also on uh, X, as it's now called, at David C. Shaw. But I use, I use Instagram more than that, really. And people can, sorry, I think I accidentally muted my mic then. And people can get you on Cameo as well. Yeah, on Cameo. If you want a video uh, and me insulting you, basically, go on Cameo. You have to pay for it, unfortunately, but I will insult you till your heart's content. <laughs> <laughs> Happy days. Look, Dave Shaw, acting sensation, all-round good guy and West Ham fan, most importantly, of course. Thanks so much for joining us for the first time ever on the We Are West Ham podcast. You'll have plenty more from me and Jonesy next up, but we hope you've enjoyed once more the Claret and Blue View with me, Will Pugh. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Yeah! 
the We Are West Ham podcast is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. So if you are buying or selling a property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole, make sure you keep West Ham business in the West Ham family by giving Miriam a call. Or a shout, it's Miriam Errington conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under. Sports Social Podcast Network.